What's up, church family? How's everybody doing? Well, we are um, pastors Derek and Stacy Fry. If you don't know who we are, we are glad that you're here. Um, and we like to say we're the lead servants here at Connect. Um, wow, I feel so low yeah, on this. I might have to stand up because, you know, I'm going to get going. Um, so I, we do want to welcome you. I want to welcome our Framingham campus and our TC campus, up, our Fran online. Fair? Come on, Ashlyn is excited this morning to see y'all. TC. <laughs> Um, we're glad that y'all are joining us. We're glad we're on the big screen over at Framingham and at TC both. So um, we want to say hi to you all, as well as I want to just make a quick mention that we all get to be together for our Dream Team event on March 18th. So we can't wait to all be together Don't for our Dream Team. Don't miss it. Sign up now. If you're not on our Dream Team, you need to get on our Dream Team because we're fun Pastor and we're awesome. Chris Hodges in the house. It's going to be yes. awesome. Yes, it is yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. Do I need to scoot up? Am I like a little further away from me? I, yeah. Okay. So this morning, we are continuing our home improvement series, as Mariah mentioned. And what's interesting, so last week you talked about Isn't my wife pretty, by the way? She's pretty, right? Yeah. If I get Thank lost, you. just call me back. Call me back. Stop. That's for later, honey. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, so we're starting off with a bang. No, I'm kidding. Um, we are... That, <laughs> That scratch that from the record. All right, we got to get going. PG-13. Dismiss teenagers <laughs> and down. Okay, so anyway, we're in our relationship series, and last week we talked about friendship. Whew. I know. I'm so, warm. Oh, yeah. So, um, and today we're talking about marriage, and next week we're talking about dating. So we have something for everybody, like everybody here. But even if today, if you're not married, th there's definite relational techniques that you can take away from a marital relationship, you know? Um, so... We also know that, so some of you might not know our whole story, but um, we, we actually almost lost our marriage a couple times in the early years, and so that's why we put an emphasis on marriage is because it's important. It's the most important relationship here on earth, and it reflects God's love of, for us, how we reflect it in our marriage, and so we want to bring God honor, and that's why we, we do a marriage event. That's why we do marriage, you know, um, uh, message today. And so I want to start off with a little bit of a funny because um, we know that there's all kinds of relationships in here. And we, we remember sitting in those seats when, you know, somebody was talking about marriage and feeling just the yuck, you know, when you're in a stuck marriage or you're in a, you've plateaued or it's just kind of like, uh, you know, we remember that. So we're going to give you some practical tips, but I want to start off with a little bit of funny because everybody needs to laugh a little bit. And this is kind of at my expense. Actually, it's probably more at his expense because he's married awesome. to me. Awesome. <laughs> so a few years ago, I started thinking. Kick me right here. Anyway. No, it's not that bad. Okay, um, I don't know a, few, a few years ago, I started thinking, like, why is it that we women put all the responsibility on the man to make sure Valentine's Day is perfect and our anniversary is awesome? You know, like, I understand our birthday. Hold your horses, men. You don't know where this is going. <laughs> you might want to be quiet. You don't know where this is going, bro. Okay, so, <laughs> exactly. Come back, Eddie, come back. Um, so I, I was literally thinking these things, and I thought, you know, I understand my birthday because that's about me, you know, but love and marriage, you know, Valentine's Day and anniversary, that's about us. So I thought, you know, I should be able to, like, plan a Valentine's Day or ask him out on a date or whatever. So I don't know if you remember, but the last couple of years I did do that. But then let's fast forward to just a few months ago. A few months ago. I started what's called menopause. Okay, so I, I know some of you, I, I'm Stands about for to- Stands men on pause. Is, no, it's more like men, oh, you better pause. You better pause. 
And for us, it's more like, I better pause before I go mental on somebody. Can I get an amen from the ladies who've gone through menopause? Okay. So I, it's basically what happens. I, and for you young men, just, just buckle up, buttercup. Like, just be prepared, okay? So this is what happens. There's a lot that goes on. But menopause is basically the exclamation point for women to end their childbearing years, okay? For 40 years. 40 years we have to go through this. This is childbearing years. I am going to ask God when I get to heaven why he thought that length of time was a good idea. But here's what's happening. So you're, you, you know, your teen years, you start going through this roller coaster of hormones and, you know, emotions. And we don't ask for that. We don't ask for that. Then you have, you're pregnant. When you're in your childbearing years, you're pregnant. And it's literally a whole nother, like you've left the kiddie park a roller coaster. And you move into the adult park roller coaster. Because that's a whole nother, and it's nine months of it. And then you nurse your children or you just take care of them and keep them alive. And that's a whole nother roller coaster of emotions. But then you have a good few years. You have a good few years. Few, might I add, few years. And then when you approach your 50s, it's like, okay, here's the 40s. Some people, I know a 35-year-old, and she's like, oh, no, no, flash. Okay, but this is what happens. And I think I'm about to have one right now. But this is what happens is you literally feel like you're internally combusting from the inside. It's like a fire starting and you go, oh my gosh, I got to take off my clothes. I got to go outside. Y'all, I am a godly woman. I'm a pastor and a principal. I cannot take off my clothes and go outside just to cool off. But I really want to. I really want to throw things off and go outside and just, but this is the emotional roller coaster. Ladies, we literally bear, carry the weight of keeping humanity in existence. Our childbearing years. Yes, thank you. And that was a man that started that clap. Thank you, sir. But here's, this is why I tell you all that, is because after I started going through these hot flashes and night sweats, I was like, you know what? Dang straight, you better do the Valentine's Days and the anniversaries. You can plan three days out of the year. We've got the other 362 days, okay? We got it. But that is literally, and, and again, we didn't choose this. We didn't choose this emotional hormonal roller coaster. But men, you did choose us, so therefore, it's a do or die, baby. Do or die. Wow. wow. That's wow. why the title message is do or die. That was a die. great opener. Praise the Lord. Thanks for that, Stacey. Hit him with a word, baby. Awesome. Get him. <laughs> Can we just pray, like, a lot right now? A and lot. he is married to me. Yes. You get to, you get to go through Ooh. that roller coaster with me. I'm really nervous about what to say next. Um... <laughs> <laughs> He doesn't well, even know where to go. What's... Yeah, I really don't know where to begin. <laughs> I'll begin in the beginning. When, when Stacy and I first got married, uh, our wedding was, you know, it was interesting to say the least. Um, I can remember, you know, I wanted everything to be perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm very, like, creative in nature. I like things to go a certain way. I like order, things like that. And it started out bumpy right out of the gate. You know, my dad used to say, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of... Uh, you know, if things have a flaw at the first, they have a fizzle at the finish, you know? And so I saw some things early going wrong. For example, we got married in Alabama. We got married during the Alabama-Auburn game, the Iron Bowl. Like, that is the worst that thing was a bad. That was a bad decision, so that fan. was the first thing. People had headsets while we were, like, during the wedding, you know what I mean? Listening, you could see people raising their hands, and it wasn't praising the Lord. They were, our sound man was, when he was supposed to hit a cassette, because I had recorded all these beautiful things, and I wanted to say to my wife, on the wedding... He hit stop too soon because a touchdown was scored between by Alabama over Auburn. And it was just like, that's how it all began. But one of the most memorable things that I remember about our wedding 
was this particular theme song. In fact, they're going to play it for you. Just a little excerpt of this. So just listen to this and tell me if you remember this song. Okay, Keith? Remember this song? Come on. That was the best part of our wedding. That was Stacy walked down the aisle to that song and 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 my mother-in-law was so mad cuz it said I lie for you cuz she's so pure and holy. But but the phrase that I remember the most is I die for you. And 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 again, this song is a nice phrase, but maybe it's more than that. Maybe there's more to it than that. Because I think a lot of times when we look at marriage and relationships, we look at it through the lens of what am I going to get? When am I going to get right. kind of what's, what's coming to me on the other side of the altar? And, and a lot of times we go wrong that way. And so as a pastor now, skipping ahead, you know, many years, I've probably done as many as 100 weddings in my career. And, and one of the things that I've observed is that people walk down the aisle in the beginning to say I do when they should have walked down the aisle to say I die. And so I want to talk about that a little bit because we want to set you up for success in your relationship. And I'll explain that because when you come down the aisle, a lot of times you come down the aisle with kind of with unknowingly, sometimes knowingly, with a box of wishes. And, you know, I want her to be like this and him to be like that. And I want this to happen. And I, I have all these kind of desires. And they're all legit and it's all awesome and it's fine. But what happens is these, these box of wishes and these desires that we have and that we carry with us, we, we basically say, I do, so that I can get my wishes to come true. Right. And it doesn't always work like that. Because shortly after that experience, sometimes moments later, months later, sometimes years later, all those wishes, desires, hopes, and dreams get smashed and dashed, sometimes like almost overnight, because we didn't say, I die to me before I said, I do to you. Okay, and so that's what we kind of want to talk about. And we see love wrong. We sometimes see love wrong. Love has more to it, you know, than I think it's more than a feeling. It's more, it's, it's, it, it's fundamentally, it's a decision. But I want to define love because it's very sacrificial in nature. Romans 5, chapter, uh, verse 8, Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says, God demonstrated, showed, modeled his love toward you and me while we were sinners. He, what? He died. He died for us. And so Galatians 2.20 gives us a mirror text of what it should look like in marriage. So the same thing that Jesus did for you in marriage, we're supposed to do, Stacey and I, for each other. It says in Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. I die. I don't live anymore for me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me so I can love her and she can love me, but I have to, I no longer live. I die. I don't say I do. I say I die before I do. So love has more definition to it. Love in our world today, the English language is insufficient to describe love. Love, you know, uh, in the Greek language, which is the original language of the, uh, of the Bible in the New Testament, it has three types of love. It has what's called eros love. That's where we get the word erotic. But that has to do with sexual love. You know, if you think about it, all the songs on the radio today are, for the most part, all eros love. You know, sexual healing, get up, get up tonight. You know, like, it's like, let's make, all right, you guys okay. know the song. 
right? All the songs are like that. Every single song is eros, right? Then there's phileo love. That's friendship love. That's, so one is sexual. One is like. One is lust. One is like. Friendship. That's what I'm gonna lay. I'm gonna. I'm, I got your back. You got my back. But when you don't have my back, then I'm hurt because of that, and our, it hurts our relationship. Phileo is not even a perfect love. The love that God has, and what He demonstrates for us in Romans 5:8, and He wants us to have in our marriage, seen in Galatians 2:20, is agape love. Everybody say agape. Agape. That's God's love. It's a selfless love. Amen. It's it's I die to me. But, and, so, and I live for you. I, it's like we make fun and we say a little, you know, happy wife, happy life. But it's really we put the other person first. We prefer others to ourselves. It's not a business transaction. A lot of times love is business, not kindness. And, and we get things wrong. You, are you with me, everybody? So agape initiates. Agape is demonstrative. Agape is uh, selfless. It's demonstrated. And notice that when God did it, he did it while we were sinners. In other words, he did it when we were in our most unlovable state. Our most unlovable state, he did that. He laid down his life. So that kind of love, guys, it's not sexy, but it's successful. Mm -hmm. It's very, very, very successful. And for the most part, when you read your Bibles, and I encourage you to do so, the Bible doesn't say you have to like them to love them. Love and like are totally two, two, two totally different things. Right. You can love somebody and not like certain things about them. Say amen. <laughs> and you know that's true, right? The Bible tells us to love our enemies, to pray for those who persecute you and despitefully use you and all of those things. So, so love must be different because how do I love and not like? But the world says they're two in the same and they go together kind of hand in glove and they don't. So there's a biblical correlation that we're going to try to unpack for you a little bit. But I want you to just see at the outset, love is demonstrative. And you and I, in our walk with God, we have to, we have to only look at Calvary to know what love looks like. Love looks like Jesus on the cross. Giving himself, by the way, in innocence, which we can't say, for people who did wrong and he did no wrong. Love, just look to Calvary. Are you there? And so before we get to I do, we have to say I die. And, 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 but we want to deal with one of the biggest problems. Stacey's going to deal with this now. One of the biggest problems, really, it's so destructive. It's the devil's number one tactic to destroying marriage, and that is selfishness. Selfishness. Everybody say selfishness. selfishness. Okay, it has no part in a marriage because it is truly the devil's most destructive tactic. And when we have selfishness, we don't want to have that agape love. We don't have agape love is the exact opposite of selfishness. It's selflessness. And it's at the center of the wheel. You know, the eros and phileo, those go in cycles of your marriage. But agape love should be at the very center, the very center spoke. So one of the verses that I want to... Um, read to you today or um, read with you is James 4 verses 1 through 3. And in, this is not necessarily talking about marriage in the Bible, but if you read it according to thinking about marriage, you'll see it totally has to do with marriage. <laughs> it says, what is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. Hopefully nobody's killing your spouse in here right now. Okay, so you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, listen to this, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So verse 6 goes on to say, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Verse 8 tells us that the only way to combat our selfishness in marriage 
is with God helping us. That's the only way that you can, ha- you can um, die to yourself so that you can live uh, with, with somebody else. Um, but in the early years of marriage, you know, this is why we want to equip young people or people who are newly married is because the first couple of years of your marriage, you're laying a foundation. Right. And it's like wet cement. So if you have, you know, um, harsh word fingerprints and footprints and daggers of like, well, my family thinks this about you and my family thinks this about you and you don't do this and you don't look this way and that's all in your wet cement foundation. And that's so hard to overcome because that gives you sunburn for year after year after year. And it took us years to build a new foundation because we didn't start off the right way. So that's why we want to fight for our marriage. And it's much more than just me fighting for, I don't want to have to marry somebody else again. It's much more than just him fighting for, you know, it, it's fighting for our legacy. It's fighting for our kids. It's fighting for your marriages. That's our testimony. And that's, the world needs to see marriages that reflect the love of Jesus Christ, the selfless love of Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do. So we know what it's like to feel like we wish there was a reset button, you know? I was going to say, anybody ever feel like that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> um, but we, I remember saying that to you one time. I was like, I just wish there was a reset button that we could just wipe it all clean and start all over when we were a little bit smarter than we were when we were 21 and 23, you know? But you may be in your fifth year of marriage. You may be in your 20th year. You may be plateaued in your marriage. You may be, like, in an awesome place. But I, what we want to do today is just... Everybody take it to the next level in your marriage. And so I'm going to pray right now because we want the Lord to just come in and have, give us a humble heart. And so if you'll just close your eyes, Framingham TC, just close your eyes with us online, wherever you are. Um, I'm just going to ask the Lord to be with us this morning. Father, I ask you, Lord Jesus, that you would do the work before us. Lord, we ask that you would eradicate every vestige of selfishness within us. I pray, Lord, that we would have each one of us, every single one of us would have a humble heart, that we would be willing to forgive and to lay down and uproot the the bitter roots of unforgiveness or things in the past, Lord Jesus, that we would be willing to step out in a, a new way, that we would handle our spouse's hearts so softly and be malleable to new ways of making them feel important and showing the love that you have given us, love, an agape love that you Give us so that we can give to others. Lord, just do the work in here. Mend the hearts. I know there are marriages that are hurting and broken and hanging on by a thread. Lord, I ask that you would do a miracle today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. 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 So today we're going to give you some practical tips um, that you can implement in whatever season you're in. Um, and even for the not married, like I mentioned before, it's good for just relational tips in your in your workplace or whatever. So We're going to first, I'm going to start with to die for him, and he's going to do to die for her. So um, don't you want to get married at Connect? You come down the aisle, and we say, we die. You die. Are you ready to die? Are you prepared to die? We probably won't be asked to marry anybody. Yeah, we're done. All the young guys. (laughs) We just finished our career in marrying people. Anyway, okay, first of all is I am going to prioritize my husband. Everybody say, ladies, I want you to say, I will prioritize my husband. All right, so the verse that goes with this is Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4, and it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others better than yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. So it also, in verse 7, it says that Jesus 
humbled himself to the very nature of a servant. So that's what, that's what our model is. So where do I need to humble myself in my marriage and say, I need to serve you better? And I, like, sometimes I don't like talking and preaching on marriage because I actually have to do what I preach. <laughs> so I've had to like go, like where it. can I, like I go? <laughs> so here's how we can prioritize my husband is I can prioritize his love language. So often we see this in marriages is you, you love your spouse the way you like to be loved. You love them in your love language, okay? In our early years, that's my water. What are you doing? Hey, we're married. In our early years, see, I am dying spit. to self. <laughs> um, in our early years, that's how we loved each other is I loved him with my love language and he loved me with his love language. And that's not the way you do it. Mm-hmm. You, I, his love language is physical touch, words of affirmation. So that's how I need to love him. In the early years, it was acts of service. And I was like, I'm just serving you by keeping your children alive. That's all, I can, that's all I've got. <laughs> that was a big act of service. Um, every day, every minute of every day, you know. Um, but I, I truly have to prioritize his love language. And that makes him feel special. So there's nothing worse than trying to give agape, selfless love, and you're shooting all these shots, and it's not even coming close to the rim. You know, it's like not even go, it's going to the opposite end of the court. You know, so you want to have your agape love actually hit the target. So use his love language to love him, prioritize him, and you can do this by being a student of your spouse. Now, ladies, as mothers. We can tell you every one of our children, no matter how many children we have, we can tell you their favorite lunch, their least favorite lunch, their favorite color, their favorite TV show. The way, you know, which one of them likes peanut butter, which one of them will vomit at the, at the like, texture of text and smooth and creamy, you know. So we, we know those things. It's built innate within us. Use it for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Use it to assess them and figure out. Oh, I see this. I, I see how, you know, um, this is what he really likes. This is what he lights up with. Use, thank you, Eddie. It is good preaching. Why are y'all not saying it more? <laughs> Framingham TC, I know y'all are over there cheering me on. <laughs> but truly, we have to prioritize our spouse. And another way that you can do this is, this is point number two, is you can praise him. Again, once you've assessed him, you prioritize what is important to him, you praise him. So this is, I, I did a little survey with quite a few of my friends, different stages of marriage, and I asked, what is a compliment that your husband loves? That you can just see, he lights up, he smiles, you know, his chest puffs out, he's walking with a little swagger, you know, it's like, and most of the time we think, you know, I think we women think, oh, they just want to hear that they're so handsome and they're so hot and they look good. Not a one of them, not a one of them. It was all about how they lead their family, how hard they work. Because that's how a man is wired. That's how God made him. You don't have to agree with it, women. You don't have to agree with how they were wired. And men, you definitely don't have to agree with God on how he wired us either. But we have to live with each other. And so we better figure out how to prioritize and how to praise. And so if my husband... You don't is, praise us, we'll praise ourselves. And that is for sure. Like, have you ever seen cheerleaders at a women's sporting event? No. Because women don't need cheerleaders. We don't need them. Men need the cheerleaders. <laughs> Carry your pom-poms, ladies, in your purse at so all true, times. So true, so true. And I, I have to say, it's like, you know, they say if man, you know, if you don't praise your husband, he'll praise himself. And I used to think, but goodness, like, if he's just so, this is younger years, Derek Fry. He's much, at he's least a so year ago. humble <laughs> now. 
But he was so cocky. I was like, if I keep praising him, he's just going to get a bigger and bigger, bigger, bigger head. Now, I do have to say, I can confirm that I did not do the best on this because I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach him how to be humble. <laughs> Don't do that, ladies. Don't do that. So I, I can confirm I did not do all the praising him to see if his head would not get. Maybe I was thinking maybe it would shrink a little bit, but, you know. So, but you praise him the way he needs to be I praised. found it elsewhere. Because they will find it elsewhere. They will find it elsewhere. They'll praise themselves if they have to, you know, and, <laughs> and they do. Um, so you want to make sure, Proverbs 15, verse 23 says, everyone enjoys a fitting reply. It is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Everybody say the right time. The right time. Timing is key. So here's the thing, is if... On a Sunday after a message that my husband has preached, he loves hearing from you all. He loves hearing, you know, Pastor, that was right for me. I felt, I felt like I was the only one in there. You were speaking directly to me. He loves hearing that. He loves hearing testimonies of what his message has done. But when he goes home, do you know whose opinion is the most important to him? Mine. Mine. All y'all, you don't even matter anymore. No. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But it's true. Like, he wants to know what I think. And how many of you know that the timing of what I say to him is very important? Like, if I have some corrective feedback to give him, I'm not giving it to him right away. You know, that's just a timing issue. Timing is key, like the Bible says. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to praise him at first. You know, I'm going to give him that. Now, that's not to say I don't give him honest feedback. But I have to be careful with that because if he came home and all I did was point out the negative, well, you sounded like this again and you said this and you said too many uhs and ahs and, you know, like what, how long before our mind opinion doesn't matter to him anymore? And then he will seek out people in here that give him the praise that he, because men need cheerleaders. So ladies, you need to be your man's, your husband's biggest cheerleader. Okay. Can I get an amen, ladies? I want you ladies to just stand up and rah-rah all the time for your husband, you know, and praise him publicly. Like, you need to throw compliments around like it's confetti to him, you know. Here's, here's a good test, ladies, to see if you have done a good job at praising your husband is ask your friends what they think about your husband because it's according to your own words whether they will tell you if they think your husband is a great husband or not. And I, like, you just, you need to make sure that you are praising your husband publicly. All right. I would go into details, but we don't have a lot of time because, you know, he's got to get to his part too. That's very important as well, to die for her. Okay. Last point. Last point of mine is I will protect him. Everybody say, ladies, I will say, ladies say, I will protect him. All right, Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, A person alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Okay, so that triple braided cord, that is the Holy Spirit at work in your marriage. You need God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit to work in your marriage because how many of you know a man and woman, because we are so different, living in the same house, having different things, different hormones, different feelings, it's, we need all God, we need the whole Trinity working in our marriage. But here's how we can protect is in protecting it so that we can fight this battle. As, as literally it says, you can stand back to back and honestly, you kind of conquer the little cr creatures that you created in your own home. This is what you do is this, there's so many ways to protect your husband, ladies. But again, because we women 
God has given us the ability to assess things in our, fam- we're, in our family dynamic. Like we're the thermostat. Have, how many of you ever heard that? We ladies are the thermostat in our homes. If, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? You know? Okay, but you do that in order to protect your spouse is you figure out what your children need from your husband at the right time, and you tell him. And we can easily, as a wife, I, I could get upset and go, oh, my gosh, why can't you just see that your children are trying to, like, you know, get your time when you come home? Why can't you just see this? I, I could do that, or I could say, honey, I think that Madison might need you to just go and sit on her bed and talk to her for a few minutes. I think she's struggling. I think she needs her daddy. Honey, I think that Devin probably needs some encouragement rather than a strong hand right now. Or in our case, it was more like, I think Devin needs a strong hand <laughs> more than encouragement right now. We know you're listening, right son. We love you. <laughs> He's not even here. He's preaching at another church today, so he'll listen to this later. But, you know, um, so those were things that I protected my husband in the relational dynamic because I wanted, my, I wanted to set my husband up for success in our family dynamic. And I know, too, that there are high-capacity leaders. Pastor Chris Hodges is one of them. Sean Lovejoy, they're great leaders. They love it when their wife does this for them, even in the workplace. They'll say, honey, I think you came across a little too strong. Maybe just soften that a bit or say this or, you know, here, just. They, they coach their husband on how to have a relational dynamic that is healthy and successful. And that's what we women, how we can protect our husbands. And we do it by fighting for our marriage, fighting for him to have a relational integrity when, with the family dynamic, within um, workplace environment, or whatever. So that's how we can actually fight for our marriage and protect him. Amen. You know, women are, you know, guys could be maybe the head of the house, but women are the heart of the house. So true. And, and so it's so important that you have that characteristic and that you accept that and see that as protection. So to die for her, let's talk to the guys. First of all, so we talked about this word agape. Agape is measurable, meaning... You could almost call agape, if you put it in one word, it's action. It's, it's kind of, it's, it's what I do for her. I die for her, but what do I do for her? So let's talk about that. The first one that uh, I want you guys to recognize is we have to be willing to take stripes for her. Take stripes for her. So what I'm, I'm going to try to unpack this very fast for the sake of time. But if I was to ask you guys, any of the men in the room that are, that are married or want to be married one day, and I said, would you, in a, in a difficult situation, an adverse situation, would you be willing to lay down your life for your wife? And you would say, probably, hopefully, I pray to Jesus, yes. But the thing it's is. very it's, quiet in here. Very yeah, quiet. Yeah, it's like, um. <laughs> Two I'm men like, um, willing to lay down. We've got some work to do, babe. Can I buy a vowel? Um, so <laughs> I think that we're supposed to say yes. But. The thing is, sometimes we think what we'll do on that day has nothing to do with the day-to-day. So good. And so the day-to-day, dying for, laying down our life for our wife is really huge. Now, there's a text that you can look up on your own, because I'm going to really uh, skip to my loo through it pretty quickly here. But it's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 and following, and then 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to highlight... And I'm just asking people that call this church your home, I want to highlight some things really quickly. But there's a portion of scripture where it talks to the husbands. In verse 7, it says, husbands likewise. Whenever you see the word likewise, it means there's something that happened before that is related to what you are to do here. And so in the before, in 1 Peter chapter 2, it's talking about how Jesus basically suffered for us on a tree gave his life for you and me. He didn't deserve it. 
The Bible says that all kinds of things came against him. He was reviled. That, Bible, that means he was insulted. He was humiliated. And it says he reviled not again. Uh, he, all these things happened to him. He didn't retaliate. He gave his life for you and me. And then it says in that chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 24, we're supposed to, as men, follow in his footsteps. The same. So when it says, likewise, you do what Jesus did in your marriage with her. Are you with me, everybody? And so it's so important that we see the benefits of that uh, to us in our spiritual walk with God. Like we know that because Jesus died for us, that our sins have been paid for. It also says in that particular verse, 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes you were healed. You were healed. So because of his stripes, you and I were healed. You, because of his stripes, you and I were reconciled uh, back to God. But here's what's interesting, and I think what Peter is trying to help us see. Is it possible that by, by your stripes, she is healed? So in other words, as husbands, we have a lot to do with the stripes we're willing to take. Sometimes just being willing to suffer through difficult situations. And, and I want to say this very carefully, but sometimes menopause is not easy. I don't Amen. know. I don't know what's coming. <laughs> I know I there are know some Framingham men over there who are very which, wise who are saying amen. Which Stacy <laughs> will be there today? You know, like so. But by willing to by by willing to go through that and not revile, not retaliate, not do the same things in response, the Bible is saying the same thing that Jesus did for you, you're doing for her by bearing stripes for her. She is healed. Are you with me, everybody? And so sometimes. The things that you're wanting, and this is speaking to some of the very adverse situations in marriage. Sometimes you're in situations, and we're going to deal with this at the marriage and relationship seminar. One of the lies that we buy is that it's too late for me with my spouse. Mm -hmm. And men say this too, not just women. Men say this too. But if you... If, you, if your marriage is going in the wrong direction, if your marriage is not going where you'd like it to go, maybe it's connected to the stripes you'd be willing to bear. That's good. Maybe it's connected to that. Because the Bible talks about this, that because of that, it says later in this chapter, it says, you were going in the wrong direction, but it turned you back. Now, uh, I'll see if I can find that verse. It's somewhere in here because I'm paraphrasing. Verse 25, it says, for you were like sheep going astray, but now have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So you were going this direction, but now you're going this direction because Jesus bore stripes for you. And your marriage can go, be going this direction, but now it could be going in this direction because, men, you were willing to bear stripes for her. Are you with me, everybody? Okay. So, all right, number two, write this down. By the way, men of God are givers, not takers. Boys are takers. Men of God are givers. Amen? The second one is I die for her. I study her too. It's not just the woman studies the man. The, the First Peter tells us in, in verse 7, it says, Husbands, likewise, dwell with your wives according to knowledge, or it says with understanding. And the reason for that is because women are extremely, extremely complicated. <laughs> Can I have all the women say Good amen? Good luck understanding us. <laughs> we don't even understand ourselves sometimes. And, so. and, and it's a big problem in the relationship, and most of it is because men don't take time to understand their wives, to like get to know them. We're frustrated because they can't articulate what we do for a living, and we always pull that ace out. But really, we don't know a lot about our wives and what makes them tick. And, and so sometimes we put our arm around our wife, and, and she brushes us off, you know. 
And you're like, honey, I didn't do anything. And she's like, that's the point. And you're like, what's the point? She's like, you don't get it. You know, get what? You know, and it's like, just don't. You know what I mean? It's like, what in the world is going on right now? I don't even know what's happening. <laughs> and it's because all the men are like, I feel free, but I can't express it. She's right next to me. The men are sitting like this. <laughs> They're like, if your man is perspiring right know. now, you know, it's just it's because he's getting free, but he can't express it. It just has to come right through his pores. So it's because we have to study them, okay? And we need to know what's going on in her world. We need to know what troubles her the most. We need to know the things that we do that bother them the most. <laughs> we, we need to know when their cycle is, so we, when we, know, we need to know when to leave town. I mean, oh, should I not have said that one? Okay. But anyway, but when you study them, here's what happens. It helps with your approach with them. Because yeah. some, some things are not what you say. They have to be said. It's just how you say them. And a lot of times we just, guys, our approach can be so bad. So bad. We're like just bulldogs in a china closet. What? What did I do? Uh, all these monosyllabic tones come out of our mouth. No words. What have you been doing all day? Uh, you know? Listen, your wife is right, okay? Anyway, I, I remember, you know, this, I heard this joke and said, you know, I, I was happy, I, I was so happy when I married Mrs. Wright, I just didn't know her first name was always. All right. That's what I'm saying. Number three, <laughs> number three, I got to move on. I will put her on a pedestal before someone else does. I'll put her on a pedestal before someone else does. So 1 Peter chapter 3 says giving honor to her. So it's not just giving honor to the man. It's giving honor to the woman. And this, in a word, is really cherishing her. Cherishing yes. her. Yeah. It's placing her on a pedestal. And if you don't do that, you know this, ladies. If you're normal, <laughs> go faster, Derek. The pause is hurting. If you're normal, you spend a good amount of time in the mirror every day. Okay. Like, oh, yeah, of course. That one. I agree with that one, Pastor. Yes, absolutely. You, All you right. You want me to be spending time and, and, <laughs> and compared to guys, it's like incomparable, right? I mean, for a guy, it's like 15 minutes. I can open my eyes and be in the car going to work in 15 minutes. Okay. I mean, like, wouldn't that unbelievable. be awesome, ladies? You know what I mean? They are just getting started. They are just eyelashes. There's like all They're kinds just of getting started, right? And fundamentally, this is, them, this is them making an effort to feel good about themselves. By putting her on a pedestal, you are simply adding to that feeling good about themselves. That's good. It's and, and women need this, gentlemen. We don't. We look in the mirror like, hey, I look good. <laughs> like, we don't look good, but we think we look, you know, it's like, we're better. We feel better about ourselves than we should. Let's just be honest with ourselves, okay? So you got to honor them. You got to cherish them. And some of you are like, oh, I don't want it. It's a lot of work, you know, and it's too much, Pastor D. It's just too much. Well, you did it in the beginning. You did it in the beginning. And it's a lot of work to go through and divorce it's like, court. Yeah, it's a lot of work to go through something else. It's like, have you ever seen those guys outside the store? They're probably married like 40, 50 years or more. And the woman's in there shopping. They're, you know, a little older couple. And the guy's outside, and he's holding a purse and several bags. It's a wise man. You know, he's a wise man. He's probably been married a long time. He's humbled himself, you know. She probably said, honey, sit, 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 boo-boo, sit. Just stay right there. Just stay. It's like, you know, he's just like, okay, I'll be I'll just stay right here. You'll get a snack when you get out. Don't worry about it. Just hold these bags. Okay, that's honor, Okay. Some of you are like, I won't do that. You know, okay, well, it's free advice now, but it's expensive later, counseling, okay? So just listen to what I'm saying. All right, number four, moving right along. I will, this is the same as Stacy. I will protect her completely. 
And I say completely because it's not just, the Bible says this in 1 Peter. It says, husbands likewise, dwell with them with understanding, give honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. Now, sometimes this irritates women, and, 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 and I get that. Women are physically weaker but very strong. My wife has some bony elbows that can kill people, okay? I've experienced them uh, firsthand. She's, she's weaker in certain areas, but she's stronger in other areas. She has, there are certain places where she has capacity and other areas where she does not. I, would, I, I was thinking about how do I say this to guys? I think the best thing to help me with Stacey is to see her kind of like a flower, okay? It, it just... I need to see that there's a certain fragile nature to that. I need to cherish it. I need to protect it. I need to guard it. But if I do, it will bloom. Our marriage will bloom. Our family will bloom. Our life will bloom. And so you speak life to a flower. You protect a flower. You cherish a flower. Uh, you don't just like drag it around. You don't just like not water it at all or take care of it. You don't, you don't just ignore it. Otherwise, it will what? It will die. And we're not supposed to say I do. We're supposed to say I die to self so that she can continue to live and thrive. Are you with me? So this is so huge. She's emotionally different than me. Women typically will hurt first, cry first, feel things first, um, but they're very strong. Their, their strength manifests in, for example, childbirth. None of us could do that. Very strong. Again, we carry the weight of human existence. Exactly. And so though she might get upset faster, get upset longer, she sees and feels things, as she mentioned earlier, that don't even register with a man. I need to protect that because I need that protection also conversely for myself. So there are things that she shouldn't carry, that she wasn't wired to carry, and that's what it means to put it on you. And I just got to say, as a husband... You know, and even as the pastor of this church, this is the area that I failed in the most as, as a man, as a husband, as a pastor. I can remember being in counseling with Stacy. She'll know when. I, I don't remember, but uh, they always remember. Okay, it's no sense two of us remembering. But anyway, <laughs> but I can remember, like, she's just desperate, and we're having these issues. But fundamentally, what, her, what she was saying was, I just want to feel like you have my heart. You're protecting my heart. And guys, you got to lay down your life for that, for that to be, for that flower to flourish. You, you just can't just be about just making sure, you know, guys don't look at her and you knock that guy out. If he, that's, it's not just that. It's not that. I was so stupid. I thought it was all that kind of stuff. She's just like, you're not paying attention to the things that are going on inside of my heart. That's how you protect my heart. And so here's the incentive. And we can, we can kind of. I'll try to end with this. Honey, you can stand up. We're going to pray for everybody. Uh, stand your feet. Why don't you stand your feet? We're going to end, try to end this service because we have another one coming in. You have to get the heck out of here. <laughs> um, here's the incentive, guys. Here's the ins- for, for you and your marriage. You know, my wife was created, women were created as receivers. But they also were created, whatever you give them, they'll give more back to you. Guys. This is why you want to do it. I hope you can catch this. Whatever you give to them, you'll get more back. Like if I, if I give her a house, she'll give me a home. If I give her food, she'll give me a meal. If I give my seed, she gives me a family. If I vacuum the living room, she takes me to the bedroom. Come on, somebody. All right, sorry. I had an exclamation Men point that moment. Men are never sexier okay? than with a vacuum in their hand. Whatever you give. Or dish rag, you know, <laughs> so sexy. Whatever you give, cleanliness is next to godliness. That's what we always say. 
Whatever you give, you get more back. And I just want you to remember that, okay? But for you to be able to give either side of the marriage, you're going to have to first receive something from God. You're going to have to receive his love. The reason we love is because he first loved us. See, and interesting, God didn't need a why he loves us. He just, he just had a so. God loves us so much. God, for God so loved the world. He didn't love us because we did this and because we did that. No, he didn't do that. He showed us how he loved us, Calvary, giving his son, selfless, agape love. But the why was just so. He just loved us so much. God wants you to love your spouse so much. Not I love you because, not I love you when, not I love you when you do this and, 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 and I do that. No, no, he just wants you to love your spouse so much. And you can't do that until you've received how much God so loved you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, all locations. I'm going to release TC, Framingham, online. You can go. God bless you guys. Have a great remainder of service. But for those of us here in Ashland, maybe there's somebody here that has never received the love of God. How much love. He lavished the Father. God lavished his love on us by giving us his son Jesus. Have you ever received Jesus Christ and his agape love for you? He died on the cross. He died for you so that you could live eternally with him. That's why he died. He selflessly. He, lied. he died for you uh, so that even though you were far away from him, you could come close to him. And if that's you and you want to just come close to God and make sure you're in right standing with God and you don't want to walk another step without being in step with God, if that's you today, I want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want to make sure I'm in right standing with God. I'm in relationship with God all over the room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, young lady. Thank you, sir, over there. I see your hand. Thank you for your courage. Thank you, sir, over there on the left. I see you. Yes, you three, you four. Thank you for your courage right here as well. God bless you. As we, as we go into worship, I just want to pray for you quickly. Church, say this prayer with me. And those that raise your hand, say this from your heart. Say, Jesus, today I receive your love by grace through faith. Thank you for dying on the cross for me so I can live forever with you. I receive your grace for me. And I pray that I can give it away to those around me. In Jesus' name. And everybody in the room said amen and amen.